Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 2, A Matter of Geography. I'm Mr. Sal, here with my former student, Kurt. How are you, Kurt? I'm doing very well today, Mr. Sal. Wow. Very well. Not just well, very well. Wow. I'm jealous. <laughs> How are you doing? Just well? Just uh, I, well? I'm pretty okay. Oh, not even well, just okay? I'm, I'm fine. Ooh. How do you feel about the word fine? What do you mean, the word fine? Like, you say to somebody, do you want to go uh, to this particular restaurant tonight to eat? Fine. <laughs> Don't give me like this, like this is a personal thing that's happened to you recently. <laughs> if they say fine to you, how, how do you react? I mean, if I want to go to the restaurant, I take that as a good enough, I can go to the restaurant. <laughs> Don't question good fortune, Mr. Sell. Yeah, no. if, if I want to go to the restaurant and they give me a fine... I'm going to the restaurant. What about sure? Good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> Any positive response, unless unless they like say in their tone. If I sure. If I hear either one of those, I say, "All right, fine, we won't go." No, no, no. You got to be decisive. All right. Well, anyway, uh, how are you feeling about this? Wait, wait, wait. Let me predict. Oh wow, you're you're actually gonna try to predict. Well, I predict. you you have so much fun predicting my responses i predict that you gave this episode i predict that you liked it more than access mundi okay and you gave access mundi a seven mm -hmm. so we're on eight nine or ten i don't think that you liked it as much as you liked say kara or gladys so i'm going to say that you gave this an eight out of ten I give it a 10 out of 10, Mr. Sam. No way! <laughs> I did! I gave, I gave this episode oh a 10 God. out of 10. The rare Kurt I gave it a 10 out of 10. I've never given an episode that is not near the end of a season a 10 out of 10. This is not a premiere or a finale. This, this episode is, is so I've, I've given. I've given, well, I've given episodes that are not the finale 10 out of 10s. But normally, yeah, they're near the end of a season. This is the second episode of a season, and it gets a 10 out of 10. I'm so excited that you love this episode so much. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, there's no way to predict it, guys. I knew you were going to predict this one. I thought maybe you'd say 9 out of 10, but when you said 8 out of 10, I was grinning ear to ear. Yeah, no, you are off, Mr. Sal. Oh, Your man, I... is not on point, because I, I love this episode. I'm so glad I'm to hear sorry. that, because... I adore this episode. This, this is, is the time. best episode of Leftovers so far, in my it, opinion. I agree. It's so good. And I don't know. I think it's a combination of some things. So, getting, getting a 10 out of 10, so I'll quickly reiterate. To get a 10 out of 10, not only does it have to be a great episode, but it also has to... I never... For any scene, I can't wish I was back to another scene, right? I can't be like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch this right now. Or, no, come on, go back to that, right? I've got I've to gotta always enjoy it throughout. Yep. And that was the deal for the episode. I really did. Um, now, part of that, there's now there's a lot of contributing reasons to why this probably got 10 out of 10. Number one, the episode prior, it probably took a hit to help elevate this episode, right? Knowing oh, John and the family makes this episode way better. I, that's I'm fine, so right? If you want to sacrifice other episodes to make yep. one episode a 10, that's your prerogative as a you know TV producer. Do yep. as you wish. That's fine. That can still get you a 10. And also... Uh, you know, I, I was longing to see the gang back together, you know, Kevin, Nora, Jill, yep. and see, seeing the unit. So, I, I forget the saying, but, like, something about distance makes the heart Absence Absence makes the heart grow fonder. There there you go. Just 
couldn't say it better myself. So <laughs> but I forgot the saying. But there you go. So I think a combination of those two, just it's been a while since I've seen Kevin and Co back at it and yeah. uh the premiere helps set this up really well that I understand the environment that they're at and I yeah. can I have like no confusion this entire time. There's no there's no real like there's some questions I guess, but yeah. there's it's a lot of kind it kind of payoffs like I learned why Kevin's acting the way he is. I see how they were back at home and every step of the way this is just great scene, great scene, great scene. Oh, I totally I, I love I love this episode. Favorite episode of The Leftovers so far. So good. I'm so glad to hear that. And and really, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that it, this is this episode works so much better because we had episode one already. Yeah, it does. And, that doesn't make episode one any better. I'm not going to re-rate episode one higher. Episode right. one no. is what it I understand. is. Wow. Yep, I understand. But because that was what it was, because we had a full episode with the Murphys it makes in in miracle it makes this episode so much better so it really i I always think of access monday as like a prologue to season two and this is like the season premiere yeah definitely like this could have been the season premiere oh yeah like how we talked about how um cairo could have i i could have considered cairo a season finale not a series finale but yes could have been a season finale this could have been season premiere this could have been a season premiere. I I don't think it would have. I wouldn't have given it a ten if this were the first episode. No, I wouldn't. But I probably would have given the Murphy's episode because a big thing on the Murphy's episode and why I rated it what I did was yeah. because I wanted to see Kevin, like you know yes. they broke the action up. So it probably would have been the same average score. I probably yeah, would have, like lowered this and, and up the other one. Yeah. But, <laughs> yep. So they sacrificed one to bump up the other. Is yep. what it is. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all, but I, I'm glad you love this episode. I think this episode is damn near perfect. It's it's so good. It's just so good. So so let's get right into it because I'm so excited to talk about it, especially knowing that you loved it. So uh, we pick up right where we left off at the end of season one with Nora finding Lily on the porch. I mean, it's it's the same scene, mm-hmm. same camera angles, everything. It's well, no, there there might be one different camera angle. But it's all the same stuff happening. Uh, so we, we just to remind you where they were, um, and then then we get inside with Jill, Nora, and Kevin, and this new baby. And it's really interesting to see Jill, I think, here because she seems kind of excited about the possibility of keeping the baby. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first time we've seen her smile. Yeah, she's like not super emu, I guess. Emu. Emo. 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 There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Kevin and Nora kind of, they seem like they don't want to respond right away because they don't really know where they're at as a couple. They've not been together long enough, I feel like, to no. justify. <laughs> no. So we can take care of a child together, basically becoming a family. Yeah. So to the point where when Kevin asks if Nora wants to stay over, Nora says, My luggage is in the car. And Kevin seems really kind of shocked by this because it, it's it's a step that he hadn't thought about taking, and he makes a pretty good point when he says, "We don't really know each other." Certainly, yeah, they don't know each other well enough. Yeah, I mean, they they absolutely don't know each other as well as we know both of them. Yeah, and he's it's a great point, and Nora just comes right out and says, well, "What do I need to know?" and <laughs> 
I, this were you shocked when Kevin just yeah when he starts admitting I was like is, is he gonna wake up is this a dream or something like <laughs> like is this is this is this him dreaming yeah and and the, and the other thing is Jill's right there yeah they just take it so cool they're like well, okay. yeah so it's so Kevin cool. tells them about Patty he tells them about Matt and uh, he and Matt burying Patty and. I mean, it tells them about walking in his sleep, and then he, the the kicker right at the end. He's like, "And I smoke." Oh yeah, I love this. And I'm just like watching this, just holding my breath, like, "Oh my god, is one of them gonna turn him in?" Like, what? This is crazy. And talk about turning me in or turning someone in. Yeah, yeah, because Nora. No, Nora just says without responding to Kevin at all, with no reaction to what Kevin says, says that she hires prostitutes to shoot her. Yeah, and admits lying about the gun, of course. Oh yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I, I do love that she turns to Jill and said, I, I, "I lied about the gun. I apologize. I will never do that again. I will never lie to you again." And then they all just laugh it off, and and we come back, right back to that theme that was so prevalent in Cairo in episode eight of season one, the idea of being okay. And they all are laughing and saying, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Like, I can't believe it's okay. I can't believe I feel okay. I can't believe you're okay with this. I can't believe that we are okay right now. And it's pretty awesome. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. A very quick bonding scene. Like Jill forgives Nora. Yep. Nora and, and, um, Kevin. I can't remember Kevin. his name. Kevin, yeah, there, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nora and Kevin grow closer. Kevin and Jill already kind of grew closer at the end of season one. Yes. Him saving her from a fire and whatnot. <laughs> that'll so, do it. That, yeah, that'll do that. That's all you need to do to win your kid over. Save him from a <laughs> fire. Yeah. So, what, how do you feel about this this revisiting of this theme of being okay? Uh, Pretty good. And I, they, they, they hit on it more later at the diner scene with Jill. About being yeah. okay yes more yeah. directly and yeah i yeah. like it a lot I, I love it oh man and then we get the time jump oh i love this as well just in the just like the the first lady as someone said yeah. karen from the office yeah not gonna name names but whoever uh, she i was right by the way the the actor the actor who plays karen in the office is rashida jones so i i did say that a long time ago but you I... might have, but you might have also said that that was the same person that was well, the person one, of, Andrea, Matt. one of us definitely did one of us definitely said that go no back one to... no one can quite remember though no you don't want to go back to episode one because <laughs> kind of long and but yeah it's it's so long awesome, right? we end up right back in this laundromat where the oh, started so i love i mean i'm gonna outright say it. kevin does not want this baby yeah or at, least, at least maybe not at this moment but i think kevin i think a big conflict for kevin is he will regret what he has done I think Kevin has jumped in, which is interesting because he he's already made compromises for the person he was with before. Remember, he was going to get the he told Lori to go ahead and get the puppy, and then later they got in a big fight about it. And he's like, "I don't want a dog," yeah. right? So he he does this from time to time. And it's interesting that you say that you don't think he wants the baby mm-hmm. because we know that. It, that's definitely what it looks like 
because he's got the headphones blasting, the baby's crying, he's ignoring it. And it really seems like he's got the headphones blasting like really loud music in order to drown out the baby crying. Yeah, but I can't tell if it's for the baby or for a special somebody that is oh, I, I guarantee, harassing Kevin. I guarantee it's for that special somebody. <laughs> okay, he's supposed to be somebody. Uh, I mean, because we see him do it so frequently in this episode. But we don't know that at this point. At this point, it looks like he's trying to drown out the crying baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this other customer probably correctly calls him out on it. And like, yeah. yeah, your you baby's know. really crying very loudly. How does that feel, being a parent and your baby's just falling out? Is it embarrassing? or is It, just like- it, it is. And, and, yeah, I usually would try to get the baby to a, a place where it wasn't bothering people. You know where it always would happen was in church. Ooh, what do you yeah. do if your baby starts? Do you just like get up and you, like walk out? Yeah, or? you you walk around. You you like go into like uh, you, most churches have like some attached church hall. Either it's like a little bit separated from the building, or it's a basement, or whatever. So you know, so some churches actually have a cry room, <laughs> <laughs> dedicated like soundproofing room. Yeah, exactly. go in there and let your baby cry. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fine, cry. You're in the cry room. <laughs> so it's um it, it is it's pretty it's i, I don't want to say it's embarrassing it's just that you don't want to bother people because some people like get really annoyed by crying babies i mean i don't like i i, I may or may not have come to that it was a good thing that baby disappeared in the first you episode definitely did <laughs> so some allegedly really annoyed by them um so and it's, it's funny because I, I had um i was at dinner with friends once and there was a, a baby crying. This is before I was married. Um, and the friends I was with didn't have any kids. They were married, but they didn't have any kids. Um, and they, they just would, like, under their breath, curse the parents of the kids who were crying. It's like... I, I've never really minded a baby crying in public. Sometimes I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like the parents scrambling. The whole, and I mean, obviously these parents stressing the hell out, but it's kind of funny to watch them, like... Stressing out, trying to like move the baby. The baby's like not caring, crying. Usually, babies just do weird stuff when they're crying. Yeah, and then, its hands. The other thing is, and I probably buried the lead here, is you know when the baby's crying, like they don't cry for no reason. There's there's a reason why they're crying, and and it's so frustrating because sometimes it's really hard to figure out what that reason is. What's you know? what's the most ridiculous reason you've had a baby cry? Whether or not whether it be your own baby or someone else's baby. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure there have been times when one of my kids have cried that I just had no idea why they were crying. You know, it's, it's easy if it's the baby needs the diaper changed or the baby's hungry. Those are easy. So you always try those first. How can you tell if the baby's hungry? You just get a food and baby eats and baby's hungry. Right. So, but and if the, if it rejects the food, <laughs> rejects the food, it's like you're talking about like a human body or rejecting like an organ transplant or something. Exactly. Like, well, the easiest thing to do is check the diaper. You just look down the diaper. Oh yeah, okay, this diaper needs to be changed. Yeah, okay. That's then you fine. try feeding the baby. Feeding the baby, and then if those two things don't work, then it's like that's when it's so frustrating. I'll, I mean, I've been up at you know two, three in the morning with a screaming baby and just like. I don't know what to do for you. You've eaten. You have a clean diaper. What is your problem right now? <laughs> it's a bad dream. I, I, I mean, it's possible, uh, you know, but um, frequently it's gas. 
Oh yeah, I see. Like pet the baby. Yeah, yeah, and and once the gas gets released, it's like they instantly fall asleep. It's really funny. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we've talked about baby flatulence enough for one evening. Yeah. Well, well morning. We we record this right before we release it. Of course. We're That's here, right. That's right. I'm sorry. On Monday, uh, September something. <laughs> September something. <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh so we find out that kevin is late for an appointment with social services nora calls and this is why this is where i started to really question whether the headphones were for the baby because he seems like he really is into this like he re- he wanted to be there on time he wants to do the right thing um you know and so well I- i'm just gonna cut you off on yep he wanted to be there on time i'm not saying he doesn't I think he likes Nora. He might even love Nora, but I yeah. don't think he likes the baby as much. Like he doesn't. He, I would argue, he might be happier without the baby, if if he could still have Nora in jail. Now I say that I know Nora. The big reason Nora stuck around was because of the baby, right? But if 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 he could have eat his cake and have it too, if he Nora would have just stuck around either way, and Jill would have been happy without the baby. I think he would have felt happier. At least that's that's how I feel. I think you might be right. Uh, and I, this, listen, that is a, a common thing in uh, second marriages. Really? That, you know, one person has kids already. The other person doesn't. The person without kids wants kids. The person who already has kids basically will sometimes, you know, just say, all right, for your sake we can we can do this and 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 that's uh, and and uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but it's uh it it does it is a thing that does happen from time to time but so you might be right about that um i i i think that that is definitely the the implication that most people would take from this so far but I think in retrospect, it's not as strong an emotion as you might think. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, um, because we know that there's definitely something else going on with Kevin. There's definitely another big reason. Yeah. Yes. So um, he gets there and then Nora says, you know, don't worry, I'll do all the talking. You just, you know, just it was meant to be. He starts just like it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Well, no, use your own words, says Nora. So, uh, but when he gets called upon, like the the first thing that he gets called upon to talk about, he just, just like wedges in there. It was meant to be. I know. He's just panicking. Kevin this is, is like the is most... the... Go ahead. Oh, so Kevin is panicking so much. Great, Nora. Her job is like you know doing these interviews yes be on the supper side she's the one conducting the interview so she's really like level-headed calm she knows how to do this but kevin's surprisingly freaking out you know he's a cop i he's he's like interrogated and interviewed people before but i guess not yes under these well, circumstances he says in this interview that he's a cop on leave yeah oh right? yeah he's not a cop anymore but right. he's been a cop yes yeah, so it's and it's like the most awkward interview ever. I mean, it's 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 truly. Yeah, it brings up like senior and all. Yeah, like what? <laughs> oh yeah, my my father lives in the mental institution, but don't worry, he's not dangerous. I just love the look Nora gave him. Like, 
yeah oh my god and then the, the idea you know what happens if you two separate who would keep the baby you know oh we're not going to which is probably <laughs> what everybody says in that situation yeah but they insist they are not going to separate but it's a terribly awkward interview yet apparently it goes better than it seems to go because the guy asks if they want to adopt a second child he's white though Yes. <laughs> it's love that story. You want another child? He's white, though. Like, what? <laughs> Is that how that works? Do they offer you another child like that? I feel like that's so such a irresponsible thing to do to, like... I feel like that's a decision someone should make, not something, like, you suggest to someone. Well, you pressure I, them into. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I, it, having it another does, kind of, but if they don't know that's an option, then it's then you want to call it to their attention and i I, you know i've i've never been part of the adoption process Um, so so i don't really know this just from what i've seen in other shows uh this comes up a lot in in shows where people are trying to adopt like when social services or whoever finds a family that they think is is actually a good home they try to get as many kids into that home as possible (laughs) fair enough i guess so um so anyway, Nora is ecstatic that they that they've gotten the baby, who they're calling Lily. Mm-hmm. Of course, we found that out last episode. Um, Kevin does not seem quite so ecstatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of that is because of the reasons that you said. But then, other another big reason is that he's got a major problem that he's not telling Nora and Jill about. Which, when you think about it, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, he, he he confessed to Patty's death and everything, but he, yeah. I guess maybe to him, it's worse being crazy than being a murderer, <laughs> or not yeah. even a murderer. He knows he didn't kill Patty. Actually, I take that back. He's not a murderer. He was just right. confessing truth. I guess hiding a death, but yeah, yeah he didn't. Yeah. He doesn't want to confess that he's crazy. Right. And maybe it's because of the way his dad is, which I mean, we'll see more on senior soon. <laughs> Yes, yes, we will. So um, the next scene is is Kevin just like smoking and staring off at this empty thing. Did you know what this was? You mean the cul-de-sac? Yeah, it's the cul-de-sac. Yeah. All, with all the, the guilty remnant houses, they're all burned to the ground. Like, And he's just staring at them. Um, he's flashing back to the fires, the riots, yeah. Lord screaming, all that stuff. And uh, this at this point we start oh no wait a minute i think it's the next scene where he's fixing the washer right yeah he 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 looks at the ruined thing uh he might have a flashback in he look he starts repairing the washer but kicks us keeps getting flashbacks and yep and i want to call your attention to the music cue that's playing while when he when he starts fixing the washer i think it actually starts when he's staring at the cul-de-sac and transitions into where is my mind you, you looked it up no, I just heard. Yeah. I heard the lyrics. So I just, no, oh, I don't yeah. actually know, but I just kind of. I guessed the title of the song based on yeah, the lyrics. It, yeah, it is. It's it's the Pixies. Where's my mind? And um, this is gonna be this is gonna come up several times throughout the course of the season, uh, in different versions, which is really cool. Uh, so I would recommend that you listen to that song a few times and familiarize yourself with it because when it comes up, it's not always as blatant as this is. And sometimes it's just in the score that you hear it, and it's it's 
so cool. Um, so I would recommend familiarizing yourself with this song. This is the song that plays, by the way, at the end of Fight Club. Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Kurt, you really should see Fight Club. It's very good. But, but we don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Is that why you Fight Club? Yeah, because no one ever talks about it. Okay, so you have seen it. Okay, good. No, I actually, I know, I actually, I know, I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, this, this, I just know no one talks about that. I, I don't know why. I know that's just the rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. That's true. Why is that a rule? Now I want to see it. Because oh yeah, you should see it. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, why are you going to tell me the answer? Yeah, I don't know why you don't talk about Fight Club. I just know you don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> So anyway, uh, but this is it's the Pixies and it's Where Is My Mind and and this this is Kevin's theme, you know, him trying to figure out what is going on in his head. Mm-hmm. He's fixing the water washer. He you know looks in in a corner of his basement and he flashes back to Patty, whose head is in the plastic bag, and he decides he needs to go to the hardware store for some stuff for the washer and a shovel. Yeah, just quickly, you know, he grabs the shovel too, and this. Yep, and this. And what's the shovel for? He's going to go dig up Patty. Yeah, I was like, oh my God. We don't know why at this point he's digging up Patty. Uh, but I think that knowing what we know about the fact that Patty is haunting him, uh, I think he is hoping that digging her up, turning himself in, can kind of exercise that demon and get her off of his back does that make sense oh yeah certainly yes okay. it definitely makes sense why he did this okay good especially when you actually see patty torturing him i mean in the moment i even then i can understand like he, he has guilt even without seeing patty exactly torturing him at this episode yeah it's obviously he's guilt ridden yes okay good i'm glad you picked that up good so he digs up patty he puts her in his truck and then I love this because he doesn't like drive to a trooper barracks, a state a state trooper barracks. I don't know what state police are called in other uh, states, but in New York State they're called state troopers, and they they would have a trooper barracks. And he, he doesn't just drive there; he sees a trooper on the highway and passes the trooper, which is a surefire recipe for getting pulled over. Really, you think so? Yeah. Okay. This is the challenge I'm, I'm willing to accept. Really? You're you're willing to pass a trooper and see if you get pulled over? Yeah. I'm going to see if I can. I'll, I'll, I'll be. All right. You let me know how that I goes. I will look for in life if I ever get a chance to pass a trooper. Do I think I can do something and get away with it? You bet your bottom dollar I'm going to do it. Wow. Well, I mean, I... the easiest way I can think of, I heard this from a, a college professor, which is like, he was like a former cop and he talked about. You know, it's a, it's not that appealing to pull someone over when it's, like, storming, raining, you know what I mean? <laughs> a complete downpour. I've heard the same thing. So, so, and he was a cop, right? He made that yes. joke, and I was like, hmm. I mean, he was a cop. Yep. Maybe he has some credence to that. So we'll see how yeah. wet the state trooper wants to get. <laughs> yep, I've, I've heard that same thing from a retired cop. Said He said, one, first rule of being a cop, never get wet. <laughs> like really well uh, interesting so, so maybe I hope, it'll be easier than i thought let's see i hope we didn't give too much away to too many people but and that's a little inside baseball on police officers oh yeah now 
We've ruined police now. Suddenly, whenever it starts downpouring, everyone's speeding around. There's no law and order. So many people are speeding, the cops possibly can't maintain order. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, Kevin deliberately passes this trooper, like flies by him. Of course, he gets pulled over. And before the trooper can even take his license and registration, Kevin just says, there's a body in my truck. Yeah body in the back of my truck so at this moment there's a body in the back of a truck i thought this would be like off to similar to a moment in breaking bad famous moment in breaking bad where like holt kind of admits it but no one believes oh, yeah. him right yeah i actually does it multiple i can think of two times where he does that <laughs> but i was like oh okay the guy's gonna be like haha funny now give me your license and registration but the guy actually looks and then there's the body in the back. I was like, or in the back, I was like, oh my god. Yep. So that that blew me. Like I was like, what? How? Mm-hmm. Wait, he actually gets caught. So I was. My so my immediate thought here was, so when they go to Miracle, is this going to be like Kevin on the run or something? Like get out on bail and. Right. They're on the run. So that's where my head is right now. I was like, oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. No, I that understandably so. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool stuff, but we need a break from Kevin for a few minutes because uh, we go back to the house and Nora has received a onesie in the mail from her brother, Matt. The onesie says miracle on it, uh-huh. but the intention here is not that the baby is a miracle, although there, there's some double entendre there, I suppose, but does double entendre only, does that only refer to sexual things? I don't know that word. Can, can I? Can I? Okay, never mind. There's some double <laughs> meaning here. I don't. I don't know the word. All right. So there's some double meaning here because uh, while Lily could be considered a miracle, uh, the ones he also came from Miracle, Texas. So we're setting up that Matt is in Miracle. Yes. But Jill is on her way to lunch with Tommy. I was right. He came back this season. You were. How'd I know? Yes, you were. And uh, now remember, it is Tommy who left baby Lily mm-hmm. on the porch of uh, Kevin's porch. I'm try- Before we go on, I'm trying to remember, you told me three groups of people we see again, right? It was Dean, Amy, and the twins. Right? Correct. I was, yeah. I was very scared, by the way, for the scene when she's going out, that it would either be the twins or Amy. Because if it was, <laughs> that means there's no Dean. I will, I will tell you right here and then I was very worried when she said she's going out to lunch to see Frank. So I'm like, surely she's not going to see Dean. Right? <laughs> Dean is not I, Dean is not on her radar. I know she saw Dean like once coming into the house, but you know, I'm very confident it's not going to be Dean. So I was sweating bullets when she was like, I'm going to go see a friend. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, not the twins, not that AB, please. And then, oh, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully. That person or persons that we do see of that group of three, uh, we is in two more episodes actually. Oh wow! So okay. Yep. So. Anyway, sweat for too long. So I guess next episode I don't have to sweat at all. Or are you trying to trick me? It's the next episode. I I don't know. No, I don't don't think you had the four. If you if you had the foresight to trick me like that, bravo. Yay me! So. Jill tells, like I said, remember, Tommy is the one who left baby Lily on Kevin's porch. So when Jill tells him that they adopted the baby, she's she's reassuring Tommy that the baby's okay. Yeah, they, 
So, from my outlook, Tommy and Jill have exchanged information. Like, they, they, they've exchanged what they know to each other. Jill knows Tommy left the baby, and Jill tells Tommy updates on the baby and yep. what's going on and whatnot. But so, Tommy makes her promise not to tell Kevin anything. Yes. Very, very insistent on it. Very yeah. insistent. Yeah. So, um, and he won't tell... Tommy won't tell her anything. She says, can I at least tell dad that you're okay? And he says, nobody's okay. So here it is again, this concept of being okay. Mm-hmm. And that Tommy is saying exactly what Jill was thinking at the end of season one. Yeah, no one is okay. Yep. Because you couldn't, because you found the gun. No one yep. is okay. And now Jill does this complete about face and says, I am. And so is dad. And so is Nora, which is like really nice to hear from Jill. Yeah, Jill is looking tops now. She's glass half full type of gal now. Yeah, I mean, now we know that Kevin is anything but okay right now. Kevin right now is getting pulled into like a police precinct as we speak. Yeah, yeah, he's not And being inspired by where is my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Tommy offers Jill a letter from her. And we don't know who her is at this point. We're about to find out, but we we can probably Wait, make... yeah. When it's a note, yep. Especially one feeling. won't read. She tears it up. Mm-hmm. And... One tear though, just one tear. Yep. But Tommy leaves, gets in a car, and who's driving the car? But Lori. I, there's Lori. I, listen, I would be dumbfounded if they just got rid of Lori and Tom, right? Yeah. I, but it was a bold prediction of me. So. Yes. Gave we're we're going to get a whole lot of Lori and Tommy next episode. Really? Is that like a them it's episode? A, it's a Lori episode, yeah. Wow. Cool. I'm <laughs> curious to what they're up to. What? I'm curious to what they're up to. So they do they they are together in some capacity. I was yes. right about that. Okay. Yep. But we've we've never had a Lori episode. Yeah, not like I when you say Lori episode, do you mean like an actual like fully Lori? Like we've had we've had Lori in episodes yet, right? <laughs> that is yeah, something exactly. to say. But this is like a Lori no, this, battle episode. This is like guests or three boats in a helicopter, two boats in a helicopter. Okay, Lori edition. Lori Lori edition exactly. So I'm so, I'm excited for the mad episode of the season, even though I think you told me not to be. Uh, no, I didn't tell you not to be. I mean, okay. uh, I, I the mad episode is is it's going to be similar to the other one except it's a little more tied to the overarching story this time. Okay. So, and I know a lot of that's because we know who he is now. <laughs> yeah, the, the other one, yeah, the other mad episode really well, like I, it's basically how we lost his church, which is like, okay. I felt like the guilty remnant barely used this church. They set up the people in it. Yep. But I don't know. They could have done it like outside. Like this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Well, it's in the past at this point. So, yeah. But Tommy leaves the lorry. Uh, and the next thing we get is Nor. Now, remember, last we knew of Kevin. He was like telling a trooper that there's a body in the back of his truck. But now we're getting a Jill scene and then a Nora scene before we ever get back to Kevin. And you're still giving this episode a 10. So these scenes are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm okay with them. Like this Nora stuff is so interesting to me. So Nora's walking. Mm, oh, this is so grand. I was... 
Yes. I love it when we get like the the scientific insight on the departure. Yeah. Whenever whenever someone with a scientific mind tries to pin either what caused it or where they went, I just yep. It's like the sugary cereal. It's, it's good stuff. So Nora gets a phone call that somebody is offering two point seven million dollars for her house, and she had listed the house for what? What did she say? Six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, six hundred thousand. Yeah, and, and she's getting a two point seven million dollar offer on her house from why are they doing that why is it going so up and beyond um they said it's a preemptive offer because and we know that it's from mit this mit MIT. research group so it must be that they aren't the only ones interested in this house and they know it okay yeah so so they're really trying to get her to say yes now yes so they they have offered her 2.7 million dollars to buy the house because they say because it is anomalous Yes, three people departed here, and they suspect it's something to do with geography. Yep. And I don't know, so was this them predicting it, or was this, or, like, did they, like, read up and know that her family disappeared at the table and suspected she wasn't at the table? No, I think they read up, and, like, I'm sure there would have been reports on this somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but they basically tell Nora, like, hey, you were, if you were at this table... You very well could have disappeared as well. Or right. So not only is it a matter of geography, like Mapleton, New York, like this table versus that sink. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's crazy. So that, this is their theory that it's a matter of where you were. And because three people departed from this very table, they're willing to offer $2.7 million. And Nora gets a little defensive here. Very, Yeah. Yeah, and, and basically says, so what what difference does it make? Why why do we care if it's a matter of geography? Why why does it matter uh, if they disappeared because they were sitting at this table? And this is when the MIT people <laughs> suggest that it would help people protect themselves in case it happens again. And, and yeah, in a reoccurrence, this, this comes out of nowhere for Nora. Like, she's never... I'm su- thought- yeah, I'm surprised you would yeah, have never thought too. that... Her- uh, that shocked me that she, like... Come on. You had to have wondered what if this happens again. If you guys couldn't figure it out why it happened the first time. Why can't it happen again? But, yeah, it comes out of left field for Nora. And after this moment, obviously, I know they moved to Miracle Jaden, whatever have you. Jarden. Jarden, sorry. Yeah. And I thought... Nora was going to be the catalyst for that after the scene. Like, okay, well, now it's obvious. She knows Miracle. People don't... No one, like, disappeared or departed in Miracle. So she's going to push Kevin in jail to move to Miracle. And, you know, Kevin wants to leave. Hopefully he'll stop thinking about Patty. And Jill wants to leave because... Thinks Tommy and her mom kind of somewhat haunt her. And... That's not completely true. She's not the catalyst. No, not well. Well, she, she might have picked Miracle, but she's not the catalyst for them moving. Right, but she. I mean, she goes all in as we're going to oh, see. Oh, I love that. I mean, she is. This this gets so deep inside her head that she can't. She cannot let it go. The idea that there could be a recurrence and that geography plays a role. Right. So those two things. Are really stuck in her head after this scene. You ready to pick back up with Kevin? Yep. Oh yes. So this this seems so good, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah, I love this cop. Oh, this has an eye patch. Like you're gonna ask a question. She just comes in to interview him, 
she's got this eye patch on. She she says, "Do you want to know about the eye patch?" Kevin says, "No." Right? Yeah. Which we had just seen in the previous episode, and we we're about to see. Now, I guess we don't see it later, but the John say do you want to don't you want to know go ahead and ask don't you want to know why i was in jail and kevin did say yes but he doesn't say yes to the eye patch here i i i'm i've always been so interested in this eye patch i, I want to know so badly <laughs> why the eye patch first of all and second of all why uh kevin doesn't want to know about it i i think he's he's more focused on other things right now. Yes, so I, I I wouldn't be that intrigued by the iPad story being quite on. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You have an iPad. I, 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 yeah, you're right. You're right. But me as a viewer watching it, there's a reason why that cop has an iPad. Like <laughs> Damon Lindelof doesn't just put an iPad on her unless there's a good reason for it and a story behind it. And I really would like to know that story. <laughs> But I don't think we ever will. So, at, at any rate, she, she's awesome. This 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 cop and goes in a direction I completely did not expect her to go. Basically, says, oh, I know. Just yeah, you yeah. got a head of a gr. Good for you. Ruined your town, or almost destroyed your whole town. So, yeah, you, she killed herself. Anyway, Kevin, go home. Right. She says, I don't care about Patty. Yeah, I know. Because she <laughs> killed herself. Wink, wink, can I just nice Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> we also find Good out one. that Kevin resigned. The, she said, I read your resignation letter. So it wasn't just a leave of absence. This is like he resigned. He's, yeah, he's, he's no longer chief. Yeah. Um, but and then Kevin's shocked by this. Like He says, are you, you letting me go? And she, and she says... Do you want to blow your life up? Which is a legitimate question for Kevin because he's got a pretty good life right now. Things are going quite well for him. And yet here he is turning himself in. Does he want to blow his life up? It's a good question. He says, no, I don't know if I believe him. I, I think he's very desperate. I think he'll get more desperate as the season goes on about this Patty issue. All I want to say is, yeah, I want to put a note on this is the extents he will go to can be seen with that cinder block. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Kevin leaves, he gets in the truck and Patty's waiting for him in the truck. And this is the first that we've seen Patty. Uh, I don't know if you had suspected that this was the case prior to this, but this explains why he's blasting his headphones all the time because he's trying to drown her out. So if, if he can't hear her, he can ignore her. And Patty, the first line she gets in season two, what the F was that? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. It's so good to have Patty. I do. I do like Patty. Uh, so, I like Patty in this episode. I wonder if I like her throughout the season. Uh, because she's not alive anymore. She's just in Kevin's head. So yep. It changes the dynamic, but she is pretty funny. She's good comic relief along with she's always trying to get Kevin's attention. Like, but uh, she's she's so funny. But yeah, and drowning Kevin insane, freaking him yes. out. Yes, I mean it. It goes way beyond humor. Like it, it's 
very heavy. But yeah, you're, you're, we're going to have Patty around. And I, I, I want to call your attention back to in the season finale of season one, um, uh, which was Prodigal Son Returns, the opening scene is Patty, Patty bleeding out in Kevin's arms. And that song that was playing, Nemekite Pas, which means do not, please, uh, do not let me go. Mm-hmm. And knowing that Patty is going to be with Kevin, I think that makes a lot of sense now. That's, that song was in French foreshadowing uh, that Patty does not want Kevin to let her go. And so she's going to stick with him. Uh, literally yeah. living in his head rent free now oh. yes literally yes we also had that dream scene that kevin had where patty was <laughs> giving him a lap dance and yeah. and said she said we're going to be traveling companions yeah, that was terrible though you tricked me mr snow they tricked me i know i'm very sorry no you aren't no i'm not but kevin does make it home and senior is there yeah i was like wait what is this uh, a dream what senior yeah is in regular clothing yeah this is shocking and and kevin says something along the lines of if i call them right now they're going to tell me that, that you were released and so i mean kevin is very doubtful of this whole thing but seems as though senior legitimately got out and he's moving to australia yeah you told me australia has a role Oh yeah, leftovers. So I'm very curious to this big role. Uh, not like this is the only Australia. No, no. There's a letter sent by Pillarman to Australia I, too. Yeah, I don't, don't want to. But you said season three is in Australia. Yeah, season three is uh, there's a lot of Australia in season three, but we do have Australia. We've had two consecutive episodes with Australia references now. I wonder if it's in every episode and you just don't remember. It might be. I can't remember. I have to see which way the toilet bowl water I goes. Think, I think it. I think there is at least a mention of Australia in every episode this season. You think so? I think there might be. Have you ever noticed that before? Or... Yes, but I can't remember. Yeah. I we'll think it, I think there are like a couple episodes in the season that don't mention it, and it was like, oh, I guess it's, it's not a trend. But but I think it it's in most episodes this season. There's at least a mention of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But senior's gonna go there. Uh, junior and senior go and take the dog for a walk and. Uh, t- basically, Kevin is trying to figure out why Senior was able to get out <laughs> because, uh, and Senior says something about along the lines of, "Wouldn't you agree that the laws of effing nature seem a bit upside down as of late?" <laughs> so, uh, but Kevin asks, "Did you know? Did the voices go away?" And we and we can see in Kevin now he's not just interested because it's his father. He's interested because he's got his own voices in his head now. Yeah, he's starting to go crazy. Yeah. Well, she thinks he is. Yes. And she totally is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did they did they go away? And, and Senior says, nope, I just started doing what they told me to. Oh. <sighs> I, I wish I could hear what his voices are telling him. To I do. know. I wish Kevin would just listen to Patty. My guess is, oh, interesting. Yeah. Right, because Senior started listening to his voices and he got out of the the uh, mental institution. What would happen if Kevin were to start listening to Patty? Hmm. But 
yeah but uh i, I we know at least kevin senior's voices uh probably are telling him to go to australia yeah something to do in australia because he's right going there for some indefinite period of time as he says yes yes and he the reasoning that he gives for going to australia is he says i could cry about how the world ended or i could start it up again so he thinks he's going to australia to start the world up again whatever that means power to you brother that's a <laughs> don't know what that means but bold statement i mean i, I can i can get behind that though oh yeah no so we do get a kevin senior episode in season three by the way wait that's that's the next season so whatever i thought you meant this season, season no it's season, season three we're gonna okay. get a new episode yeah, nothing in this season. Uh, I also, mean, I, we I will. Just, I want to note. So, season three is only eight episodes, right? Mm-hmm. That's uncommon. I feel like to have a the final season. Usually, it's either the same length. Yep. Or I feel like extended. I know. It was just short too, and it was and they their budget was was cut. Really? So, yeah. So the the way the way that they compensated was by cutting down to, to eight episodes instead of ten. So why was their budget cut poor? Maybe their budget was cut, maybe they had the same budget, but they did a lot of shooting in Australia and that was expensive. Uh, <laughs> so uh and it it's unfortunate because we, we do kind of a couple of characters do kind of fall by the wayside, which is unfortunate, but I I, I still think it's fantastic. And Damon Lindelof always talks about how if he had those two more episodes like these are the characters that he would have done more with. I, I my 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 next question here is: I wonder what happened to Meg. If we'll see her again, mm-hmm. and I sense I'll see her next episode in the Lori episode. That's my prediction. Uh, okay. Another confident one. Actually, I'm very confident in this. Gotcha. In fact, I will be dumbfounded if I don't see <laughs> Megan next episode. Okay. Onward. All right. Um, let's see. We get the we're now we're in, they're in the restaurant. Nora, Kevin, and Jill are, are having dinner, uh, and they Nora and Jill seem to be getting along great. Like they they seem like they're Toad's besties at this point. Toad's <laughs> <laughs> uh, besties, yes. As I, I love I love the little bonding moment they have over Jill giving the waiter a hard time. About the al dente, yeah, it's not, it's not changing the recipe. No substitutions. Also, what restaurant has that as a rule? No substitutions. Uh I've been to restaurants that have that as a rule. That's a rule. Oh, I never had that before. Yeah, yeah. I guess the the chef just doesn't. Want, I understand the con, like just the idea that the chef doesn't want to be like, yeah, burdened by doing that and make it harder and longer. But I think I think you get it in more upscale restaurants quite a bit because. There's a lot of pride taken in. You know, this is prepared exactly the way that it should be consumed. Ah, okay, yeah. For, for you I'm, to I'm get the, rid of. Yeah, I'm the expert. Don't tell me how to do my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you try to get this without blank? This this needs. Or you want to add a blank on perfectly good blank? Exactly. So, but Kevin just out of nowhere says, "You want to get out of here." Not just the restaurant, but Miracle or uh, Mapleton in mm. its entirety. 
and then moving montage. Yep. Now, before we get to the moving montage, you can see Kevin in the suggestion. Uh, you can see this is kind of a desperation Hail Mary type thing. Like, well, turning Patty's body in didn't work. Maybe it'll work if I get out of here. Yeah. Right. And you can certainly understand why Nora agrees to it because she's just been told that there could be a recurrence and it's probably a matter of geography. Yeah, I I can see all of their reasons behind this. I just thought Nora was going to be the catalyst for their move, but it's Kevin. Though she picks the location, probably, or helps to pick it. Yes. Certainly. Now, the the drive to Miracle, I mean, I I adore (laughs) this whole thing because we know what Miracle is because of last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now seeing it from their perspective coming in, it's just like, it's, I mean, it gives me, it gives me goosebumps. It's so good. We see like these diverse, like people camping out outside oh, of Miracle. Yeah. So many diverse groups, like yep. from rabbis to just, I mean, I don't even know what people, almost hippie like. I mean, oh, sure yeah. Everyone. You see, it, it looks like Burning Man meets mm-hmm. like Jerusalem, meets, <laughs> like Mecca. It, it's unbelievable. It's, it, everybody's here. Everybody wants to be here. Someone even asks them for like their wristbands. Yep, the wristbands come up a couple of times in this episode. So, mm-hmm. but and there's this like haunting music and this line of cars, and there they are with their U-Haul, somehow able to just move into this this place that people are literally camping out for months for somebody you I know what you're talking about when the, the person comes up and asks if they can buy their wristbands at the car window. Yeah, yeah. Because they've been waiting for how long was it two weeks or two months? I can't remember how long they've been waiting. Yeah, for. A long time yeah. they've been waiting to try to get in, but Kevin and Nora and Jill don't have wristbands yet because they've actually rented a place in there. But when they get to, when they finally get let in and there's all kinds of security, you know, they're checking the U-Haul to make sure that people didn't sneak into the U-Haul to, to be pulled into the national park. But when they finally do get in, they find out that the dog needs to be quarantined for 60 days. Do you think that was U-Haul product placement? There's a lot of product placement in the leftovers. And yes, I do think it was product placement. Okay. Yeah. That is all. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The- so why does the dog have to go into sixty day quarantine? Is this because it's a national park, or is, or do we get better explanation on that later? No, on? No, I think it's it's, I think it's because of what we saw in season one. That, okay, just the dogs are a bit wild. Yes, animals <laughs> have gone crazy after the uh, after the departure, and so they have to quarantine for sixty days to make sure they're okay. They say it's to clear the blood work. I don't know what they're looking for in the blood. It wants to take 60 days to do blood work. Exactly. But I th- I think it has more to do with the dogs and a lot of the other animals, you know, went crazy after the departure. We have to make sure that these dogs are okay. Okay. Or these animals are okay. Right. So that, that's my personal opinion. Uh, but Kevin's a little broken up, quite broken up about having to leave the dog. What's the name of the dog? Does it, have they given the dog a name yet? Or like I, don't think, I don't think we ever learned the name of the dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I don't know it. Interesting. I'll, oh. call, I'll call it Kevin Jr. Even though 
Kevin is already a junior, but I consider Kevin Senior. This is Kevin. That would be Kevin Junior. I hope Kevin doesn't have another kid named Kevin Junior. God, this is awful. Uh, but at any rate, Patty offers to stay with the dog. Good old Patty. Yep. And that's when Kevin leaves. Because Kevin's having a tough time leaving the dog. But Patty offers, and he's out of there. Well, because Patty told him she would stay with the dog. So he was like, oh, okay. Mm. Got up and left. He was just taking her up on that offer? Yeah. That's how I took that as. She was, he was like, oh, thank God. Don't Doesn't Patty say something like, maybe the dog will talk to me? <laughs> I don't remember what Patty said. Uh. Yeah, it's something like that because Kevin is completely ignoring her. I love the silent treatment so much. Yeah, exactly. So what, what do you think of this visitor center? I, it, it reminded me of something. I can't remember what. Kind of like a busy airport. Yeah, There's people all over the place. Where, where am I supposed to go? I guess kind of like to check in my luggage. To, you know, I don't fly very often. Right. Just the international where, do, where do I go? Where, where's my terminal? Where do, do I go through security? What's what, okay? Yep. Where do I go next? Well, uh, one thing that I wanted to call your attention to in the um, visitor center was because you asked the question last week. They do say at one point this is the most populous bordered area unaffected by the departure so because you had asked you know there must be other places where there were no departures this must just be the biggest one yes this is the biggest bordered area that was unaffected okay yeah and they they also mentioned in this video that there some historical sites have been preserved exactly how they were at the time of the departure so do you remember that um crack in the road that was covered in glass with the number Mm -hmm. one yeah so that's an example of the the historical historical sites that have been preserved exactly how they were at the time of the departure okay yeah. why are they historical uh that one i'm assuming that crack happened at the either at or around the time of the departure okay so fair enough okay yeah, so I, I would assume that that, that that explains the crack. But what about the the bride watering her lawn? You haven't figured that out yet. It's Wait, okay if you have it. They will explain it. <laughs> well, now I'm offended. Wait a second. No, you shouldn't be offended. There's no way you could possibly. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait a second. They they did. I was I was looking for that. <laughs> no, they will explain it. They have not yet. So the crack in the road is like I was like ah, what's the crack in the road? But this why is this bride watering her wand? Yeah. That was very interesting to me. I was like, what's going on here? Exactly. Yep. But Kevin runs into the this guy who offers to help him with his situation. And so, so I, I was asking, is this the same guy that Mike went and saw last episode? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of the last episode, toward the end, Michael went to. No, it wasn't toward the end. It was like yeah, it, it, was, it was nearing the end. Yeah, it was the like end. the last third of the of the, of the previous episode. Michael Murphy went snuck to, out, kind of. Yep, snuck out and and went to this trailer covered in Christmas lights and knocked on the door and said, "Do you want to pray?" And it was this guy that he was praying with. Yes. Very interesting. Yes, so we will see more of this guy, but 
he seems to know that Kevin has a situation. Now, is, but I might say that to everyone. He might. He might say that to everyone. Like, you know, uh, do you really want to feel this way? Remember that guy from from Guest? Yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to feel this way? So he might just say, I can help you with your situation. Uh, but he plants the bug in Kevin, you know, that I can help you. And he tells Kevin where he lives, the, the trailer covered in Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh. while Kevin is talking to this guy, he hears Nora getting really upset about something. And it turns out that the place that they rented burned down. No, 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 no. I I I know where they rented. Of Are course, you proud of me, Mr. Sal. I've 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 deduced it. <laughs> They're going to rent. So you know when Mike was riding home. Yes. You know he passed those cops that are arresting those people. Yeah. He passed by a house on his left. Okay. That's the house that burned down. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> What? Okay, Kurt. No, no, it's Isaac's yeah. upstairs. It's Isaac's upstairs. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. They had rent. They were going to rent from Isaac. They were going to live upstairs from Isaac. And John Murphy just burnt that house down. That arsonist. By virtue Whoa. of the fact that John Murphy burnt that house down, the people who were going to live there move in next door to him. So I also wonder now, I just realized. So, like, what makes you no longer a resident of Miracle? Like, let's say I wanted to move in with the Garveys or, like, the Murphys. Can I just go to Miracle? And if they give me, like, they're like, yeah, he can live with us. I go live with them. How many people are they allowed to say live with them? Right? Mm. What's the, what, what, what are the limits here? What's the... If Isaac's house burns down, does he not have residence there? Like, does he just... No, I, I, I I'm would, assuming I'm assuming he still owns that plot of land and stuff to look like a house burned down. You know, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he had fire insurance too. So I mean, they, he, he's going to be back in there eventually if they if he decides to rebuild or he's going to get money for the house burning. I mean, I, but I think that for the time being, he is still considered a resident of America. I don't know that that house seemed like arson. So and it looks like he burned down his house on his own. Wow. A lot of the insurance is going to pay out on that. What a what a what a what a double whammy. Not only does does John Murphy burn your house down, but he convinces the insurance company that you burned your own house down for the insurance money. Ooh, that would be terrible. Holy cow. Ugh. I like to imagine Isaac's like, thanks, John. I wanted to move out of this dump hole anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks for the insurance money. <laughs> well, Kevin you know, has heard Nora you know, getting really upset about this he goes over and starts trying to complain but while he's complaining nora has has ducked off oh i love this so much <laughs> why just because she's just she's just bidding at the auction every other bid like someone bids nora bids someone bids nora bids someone bids nora bids and while she's bidding kevin starts trying to talk to her and while yeah. talking to kevin she still continues to bid like i mean yeah oh whatever like uh-huh like eight hundred thousand, yeah, come on, come on, nine hundred, nine hundred fifty thousand. Kevin, come on, we come on, Kevin. Didn't you say so? One point one million. Like, <laughs> while talking to Kevin. Yep. 
great multitasking. But... Oh yeah, absolutely. And finally, she she way overbids. Yeah. Because I, it was like one point six million was was the was the current bid, and she goes for three million. Do you, do you think it's a bold? Do you think it's a reasonable strategy to do? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think she's desperate. Like she she's got it in her head that geography matters, and yeah. that. Nobody departed from this place, so there must be something special about this place. She needs to be here. And so she's going to do whatever she has to do to make it work. I feel like a suddenly high bid like that is jarring. Like, Oh, yeah. I, instead, instead of just going like slowly up to $3 million, if you just go straight $3 million, there's... I'm not going to get too off time. There's a lot of different ways of bidding, right? Like you've heard of silent bids. There's... Other styles of bidding too. This this is a really yeah. interesting one. It's where you bid, but the high you don't pay the highest bid amount. You pay the second highest bid amount, which is really interesting. So you could Ooh. bid ten thousand, and if second place bidded a thousand, you win. You bid ten thousand, but you only pay a thousand, which oh. changes it up immensely. It's a very yeah. It's a different way of thinking. Well, that's uh, interesting. I actually actually kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, there's a lot of like, I mean, game to be messed up. Anyway, that's unrelated. If, I, if, I if it piques anyone's interest, I definitely think that she could have gotten it for less than three million. Probably, yeah. but the gusto and the spirit, she she stomped out her competition. Oh boy, did she! And people talk about her. Hey, did you hear about that lady? I bought a house for three million. First house all summer for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They did say, somebody said, you know, she asked, how often do these houses go for sale? He said, this is the first one all summer. And, uh, but I'd like to imagine it like it's June 22nd. Summer started yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm, no, but it, it's obviously it was like middle of summer. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, we know what it is. It's August. Really? How do we know it's August? Because, um, Tommy asked Jill how school's going. Oh, yes. Yeah. We also know that they found the baby on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. That's true. So. And it's been too. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, she she bids three million. She gets it, and, and she's just banking. I mean, she she puts everything she has. She bets everything she has on Miracle being a place where she's safe from a recurrence. Of the departure. And now I'm really curious to whether a recurrence will happen. And I I feel like listen, I, I've come to know Lindelof pretty well. And I don't think he'd play us like that. But maybe he would. What a what a serious finale. Just Kevin departs. So are you ruling out Evie and her friends having departed? Uh, yeah, I don't think they departed. You don't? No. What do you think happened to them, then? Uh, just not departed. Okay. Listen, they were running through the woods naked. I will, uh... They seem like a pretty crazy group of friends. I'm not... I'm not convinced they departed. Okay. I, I, I thought about that at the end of this episode of, like, did they depart? How ironic that the place where no one departs. Three people just depart in one car. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. 
if, if you don't think that's a, a, a second departure, what do you think that does to Nora anyway? I mean, uh, if Nora thinks someone departed? Well, I'm just, Nora thinks that geography matters. So she moves to this place where she is convinced is the safest place she could possibly be. And the day after she moves there, three girls disappear. I think I think Nora will be in denial. Like no, much like how I'm in denial now. They didn't depart. It's got to be, it's got to be blank. They they just they um they went looking for strawberries and they just couldn't find their way back. They're out there, first of all. Much 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 in the same way Jill looked for the gun. Nora will want to find the girls. Though I don't know if she'll actively look for the girls. She'll want them to be found. Uh, that's my guess. Maybe not. Maybe she will just be like, wow, this place is a scam. I I was so. Invested for that well, period of time. Yeah, if people think that there's a second departure that happened in Miracle here, her property value just dropped a lot. Oh, that's so depressing. Yeah, you spent three million on a <laughs> not the best quality. You expect better for three million. That's all you I'm do. gonna say. You do. Well, that's all about location, I guess. Man, location, location, location. Maybe she become a real estate tycoon. <laughs> Maybe she will. So, but. For that night, anyway, while they wait for her money to clear escrow, uh, for that night, they... So what uh, does that mean, clear escrow? Can you explain that to me, Mr. Yeah, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> so, you don't know what that means either? <laughs> es escrow, I, th I think, is like a, a middle, like, intervening entity. So, for example, if you have a mortgage on a house, you have to pay taxes, you have to pay insurance, right? Mm -hmm. But you can put... you You can pay you can if you want pay more money for the mortgage and have that extra go into what's called an escrow account which is just some financial institution that's going to make your insurance and tax payments for you do you see what i'm saying okay well, what's the point of them so i paid more money on my mortgage than my actual mortgage would count so that i don't have to be the one to physically make the tax and insurance payments. My bank does it for me. Okay, but you're going to have to pay them eventually, right? Or do you just keep paying the same escrow amount? No, I, I just maintain a balance in my escrow that covers my insurance. Oh, okay. So it's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a, almost like a checking account, or maybe even a saving account. It's just a bank account you put money into for yeah. the sole purpose of yep. paying for your insurance and yes. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, I forgot so already, but... in that way, it spreads out your insurance and tax payments into, so you're making those payments as frequently as, as you make mortgage payments. Otherwise, you're like, I'm talking, when I say taxes, I'm talking about like property taxes. Property tax, yeah, yeah, except paying it like so, otherwise, every six months or every year. Yeah, right. So, so I don't want to make one large payment a year. I want that spread out over the 12 months so that I, I could, I have an escrow account for that. Um, so in this case, though, I'm not quite sure what it means your, that your money has to clear escrow. I think maybe it, it's, it's just, you know, there, there's, a, there's a middle entity between you and the seller. Sounds like some sort of scam right now. Like, yeah, we got to give it to the middleman. And the man's well, gonna well, I think going to walk away. No, I'm not, I don't think it's a scam. Think of it this way. You know, I don't you, trust him, Mr. Sal. You just made a $3 million bid on a house, right? So yeah. you're a check for $3 million, like, 
they're going to wait for your check to clear before you can move into the house, right? I don't know. I feel like I could tell them. No, I'm good on it. There's the check right there. Three million. It's three million. Well, Give them a firm handshake. Good to go. I think this just gives the seller peace of mind that this person actually has $3 million. But what if they don't give me that? What if they just get my $3 million and they keep the keys to the house? What am I going to do? Get a lawyer? I don't have enough money. I just paid $3 million for a house. Well, I think no, that, I, I'm joking. Well, that's why... Right. I think that's that's why most you know closings go through a lawyer. Ah, uh, yeah. They're the ones actually doing the transfer. The transfer. Anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, they, because they can't stay in the house right now, uh, they are going to spend the night with Matt. Yay, Matt. I love Matt. <laughs> I don't know how you said you do not like Matt as I, much in your first watch, Drew. Drew. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Matt, Matt's amazing. I see Matt, I celebrate. <laughs> Matt, Matt stuff, he, looks, he looks older here. Uh, he, I love yeah. it when like he, he sees Matt, or not Matt. <laughs> When Matt sees Kevin and like they hug, oh, yeah, because Anyways. you know what they shared, and actually everybody here knows what they shared. Yeah. Except probably I don't know if you told. Is it Marie or Maria? Mary. I knew that. I was testing you, Mary. <laughs> yes, yes. I, we don't know if he told Mary. That's true. Do, do you think? Do you think he tells Mary lots of his secrets because he's pretty confident Mary can't share them with anyone? Oh yes, Mary. Mary. I Mary, day drink. Well, and I was giving the sermon. I farted very loudly, but I looked behind me. And they thought it was like the other guy behind me. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, Mary. <laughs> like, I wonder if he. I wonder if he tells all his secrets to Mary. This is not something I thought we'd be talking about tonight. Today, this morning. <laughs> yeah, this morning. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, th- there's not enough room for them to stay with Matt because he basically lives in a garage. <laughs> um, yeah. But cozy. They do have a tent though, so they pitch a tent, and uh, while they're pitching the tent, we can definitely sense that Kevin is very annoyed that Nora spent three million dollars on a house they've never seen. Yeah, a leap of faith purchase. Yeah, exactly. A leap of faith purchase, exactly. But um, Nora, Nora <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry, Matt kind of, wait a minute, did Matt come to Kevin's defense or does Matt say something that Kevin came to his defense for? Uh, Nora offers Matt to stay with them. Matt's like, no, 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 no. And Kevin backs up Matt. That's right. And then Nora like, brings it up. Yeah, and then Nora says, just because you guys bury, bury a body together, you got each other's backs now. I love, yeah, I loved Matt's look. He's a like, cool. <laughs> you told her? I told her everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's good stuff. But they're, they're sleeping in the tent now, and Kevin, uh, as he's been doing throughout the whole episode, puts on his headphones and just blasts the music. And now we can be pretty certain that he's doing this in order to drown out Patty. Yeah. yeah. He's just sleeping there. And I, don't, I don't know how you sleep with, like, earbuds in. That is... Oh, God. Me yeah. neither. Especially, like, sideways. I do have um. Here's, here's me losing touch with a common man. I do have sleeping masks. 
and uh, like you know, cover your eyes, whatever, sleep. Uh, I don't know what you call them. Yep. And I do have a a pair. I have multiple pairs, but I have one pair that that Bluetooth inside of them. Oh. So I can listen to things while I sleep. Wow. Good and so you. if I'm in the same room as someone and I wish to listen to whichever whatever I wish to listen to as I sleep, I may listen to it without disturbing them. I can hear it and they cannot. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I like them. That's cool. I used to have a pillow that had an, an aux port or an aux <laughs> or so it could plug it into my phone or whatever. Was it loud though? Could someone else hear it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Like, I feel like that defeats the purpose, then, though. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you just played it off your phone. It's not like you, I, I mean, I don't know how loud you need it to be, but the, the, the Bluetooth sleeping mask, quiet enough. Only I can hear it. That's awesome. Very cool. I would recommend. That's my recommendation for anyone yeah. watching. Though, I, I do know other people that have bought similar masks and they don't like it because they, they say they can feel like the the speaker inside of it i like i can but it, it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable i can sleep with it doing it so be warned right. buyers beware anyway <laughs> enough <laughs> of topic there yeah so uh the next thing we get is them pulling up to their new house which we already saw from john's perspective but now we get it from theirs mm-hmm. uh and there's john and yeah. so like I I love having already seen Axis Mundi and now getting this episode. I, it, I, it makes it even better, yeah. Yeah, because I mean you, you see John wave to them and you you like get goosebumps like oh, goosebumps like oh I know this guy and this is really meaningful right now. <laughs> yeah, like when uh, when Nora answers the door and they're yep. right here, right? Like, oh, and they're talking and they're like, Oh, that's just been talking about stuff. <gasps> <laughs> each other but the new place is a dump mm-hmm. it's big but it i mean wallpaper falling off the wall water damage everywhere cracks in the walls the sink is running brown the and kevin is, tries to light a cigarette on a broken stove i mean this stove does not want to light he finally gets it to light but it scorches him because mm-hmm. it has that ever happened to you where you've tried to light a stove and it's, it, it bursts out into flames? Is, is that because like the gas got released too much? Yeah. Yeah, my no, my parents used to warn me when I was younger. I I don't know how I was messing up starting our old gas stove, but like I tried when I was like younger and they were like, no, watch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the lighting mechanisms do break on those sometimes. Like, I, I've, I've had plenty of barbecue grills. Where eventually the lighting mechanism breaks. You gotta light it yourself, yeah. Yeah, you just gotta light it yourself. But it, if you let it click too much, every time it, you know, every however many clicks you hear, that's uh, directly proportional to the amount of gas that's been released, and it's just not lighting. And so in this case, a lot of gas had been released, but it hadn't lit yet. So when it finally did light, it burst into flames, singed his hand, looked like. Um, he goes to light the cigarette, and Patty bashes his head against the stove. But before we go into the Patty thing, kids could do this as well in like a, a science classroom. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, uh, and that's why. I mean, you've taken my classes. You know, when when I teach my students how to how to light Bunsen burners, you know, I, I always tell them 
you get like three strikes of the of the striker, and if you don't get it, turn that gas off. Do, do you? I yeah. I swore your your recommendation was full send the gas, wait a little bit, and then try and light. And if you fail, try try again, because you never want to not succeed. Who's got to succeed? I love it. I'm sure <laughs> I love it. There's there's like three things you hate in one sentence. I know. Anyway, oh, very go. good. Very good. Okay, sorry. Go on, onward, onward. No, he he taught us good lab safety. I didn't see any kid getting injured in his lab. Good, fantastic. Though though there was a kid I remember in uh that broke a decantinator in his lab class. So yeah, take that as you will. Yeah, a desiccator. Desiccator, yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I wonder who that could have been. It was actually just a lid, though. It was a full desiccator. It's true. Anyway. Desiccator useless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what those things are used for. Drying, drying things? Yeah, yeah, drying things. I can, I can dry things outside on a clothing rack. What do you need to put this for? Right. So right. it's, a, it's just a big pot. I don't know what it's for. Yep. That's anyway, we're way too off topic. So after Patty bashes Kevin's head against the stove, she tells him, "You can't keep threatening. You can't keep treating me uh, like I don't exist. I do exist." Oof. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm wondering to this how Patty has control over Kevin to bash. That. Like my my imagination is just if you were looking at Kevin in the stream, he was just sitting there by the stove and then he bashed his own head against the stove and right. Down, right. Now, well, that that presupposes that you. That, I mean, that that is, is assuming that you think that Patty is not real. Yeah, Patty cannot actually like, but Patty is like some sort of spiritual. I I'm very confident Patty's not real. There's not a physical walking Patty. Like if someone else walked in the room, they would not also see Patty. I'm well, confident that, about that. That's true because nobody has seen her up to this point. Yeah, and unless you snuck, you know how like they check the U-Haul to see if someone is hiding there. Patty Man. somehow got away with that. Well, so this is going to be the 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 uh, dilemma of the season. You know, is this is the man of science versus man of faith argument? Is Kevin just going crazy, or is Patty actually appearing to him? Like, what do you mean appearing to him? Like she's actually real? Like, is is Patty a ghost? Or is it in his head? Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, is Patty a ghost, or is Patty just in his head. Right. That's okay. That, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be the question that we have to face in pretty much every episode of this season. Like, and, and that's what that's what I'm wondering too. Is like my my initial thought is Patty just all in his head, but right. Patty could be a ghost because because uh, Kevin Senior heard voices as well. So I mean, but okay, but Kevin Senior also says that when he started listening to the voices, they let him go. But. Well, Kevin's not listening to his voices. His voice, right? So, but this is this is the man of science versus man of faith question that we're going to have come up over and over again in this season. Yeah, you know, is is Patty really haunting Kevin, or is Patty uh, just a figment of his imagination? Is he going crazy? And we're gonna we're gonna have to grapple with that for the entire season. What? So, um, while Nora goes to talk to John at the door uh, about the pie, Jill cleans up Kevin with the dirty water. 
Uh, then we cut right to uh, Evie dropping the birthday cake. I, wait, Kevin, I, I, I do want to stop there and say he wasn't completely wrong when Kevin, when Kevin said he got that like cut on his head from falling yeah. down. He wasn't not a wrong. total lie. A total lie. Did fall down. It's true. There you go. He slipped on something. He says he, he slipped on some water and Jill's like the floor is dry. <laughs> Must have evaporated is what you say next. <laughs> Evaporation, Jill. You'll understand it one day. Well, I liked his answer. He said, well, I slipped on something. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, now re- re- we remember from episode one, Nora sending Kevin back to get the pie. But now we see it from Kevin's perspective. He goes in the house, gets the pie. Mm-hmm. Chief Garvey has secured the pie. Pie (laughs) And I love what she says next. This is Patty talking. Very interesting family, those Murphys. Hard to tell if they're part of your story or you're part of theirs. I know. That's like breaking the the fourth wall right there, Beth. I know. Does does Patty consistently do that? Or... Uh, I I know I wouldn't say that she breaks the fourth wall, right. and even this I I don't I wouldn't necessarily call it breaking the fourth wall as much as just like a wink to the audience. Yeah, but it's 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 striking because you know we just had a, an episode that was all about the Murphys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's that's why. Yeah, I'm like, is this breaking the fourth wall? Because we did just have a you know, yeah, we had about equal screen time. This. Yep, and uh, but she tells Kevin, "I'm not going anywhere." Mm-hmm. All right, so now um, Kevin's had or the the party's over. They're heading home. The girls welcome the Garveys to Miracle uh, before they take Evie off. Uh, the one girl checks Kevin out. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. I, I was, I was so I at this point I was. So you know how in the first episode I was talking about how Kevin was kind of frail when we saw him? Like he yeah. wasn't he wasn't the same he wasn't really stealing the show, he was really quiet. Yep. And this really explains why this whole Patty in his head thing. Absolutely. And I I was really hoping in episode one where we saw this is my maybe my only complaint, and this isn't even that much of a complaint, is we saw like John and Kevin like inside and like Kevin offered him a beer or so on and so forth, and he just kinda of stared at the couch for some yep. time. And like, I was really hoping we get some like payoff on that, or just see Kevin's want, point of view on to that. See what Patty was saying and doing. Yeah, or just yeah, just just to see like what he was looking at there. But yeah. I guess I just assumed. You know, it was Patty. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that would be cool. But uh, yeah, that that is it doesn't break the episode for me. So that, but you're it would have been cool. So when they get back in the house, the lights don't work, and Kevin just flips out, starts pounding on the wall, uh, and starts yelling at Nora for spending all their money on this place and not trying it, and not just trying it out like they talked about. Nora's upset. She goes with the baby upstairs, and Jill explains to her father that Nora needs to be here so she feels safe. And I love this because Nora, Jill, Jill says please don't up this up then because she wants this. She, she wants this and she needs it mm-hmm. just as much as Kevin and Nora do. Like she yeah. needs this family to work. She finally feels okay. She needs this to, to continue working so that she can continue feeling okay. But Yeah. And this is where 
I really question whether Kevin actually likes it here. Because, he, you know, he goes upstairs now and he apologizes to Nora. Yep. And Nora's like, I like it here. Kevin says he does too. But he literally just yelled about how he was upset about them buying this house. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to take a slow. I'm like, does he really like it here? Well, we know where he ends up in the end of the episode. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm very skeptical in the life Kevin is having now. I'm starting to think he wished for a family, and now he might regret having a family again, which is... <laughs> Wait, and it might not even be because of the family, but it might be because of the patty and the guilt he feels, but... Right. Uh, I I don't think he's happy here. Not on his family, even if that is the case. I, I think he has many regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, go on. Yeah, so, um, but he apologizes, he admits he was wrong, Nora offers, uh, this is important, she says, uh, you can tell me whatever it is, you can can tell me, I can take it, and he still doesn't tell her about it. Yeah, this is, this is like doubling down here, he he has chances, he's, Kevin, there's going to be an explosion at some point then, right, just, so, and then, but they, they reconcile. They are both naked in bed, so it must have gone pretty okay. <laughs> and uh, we see Kevin close his eyes. Never a good sign when Kevin closes his eyes. Uh-huh. He wakes up among the fish with a cinder block around his ankle. Yes. We, we did so not bad. know that last week. No. <laughs> we did not know he was also in that river. Yeah. Well, now, was a river. I guess it's not a river anymore. Exactly. Or water hole, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But as he he climbs out of it. He checks out the car. He notices that it's locked, and the you know the the phones are still in the car. The music is still playing, um, just like John does when he comes up to the car. But uh, John and Michael arrive. Kevin hightails it out of there. And we hear John calling for Evie while Kevin hides and Patty looks over at him and says, uh-oh. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. But Kevin does look at her as she says it. So there is at least some acknowledgement there. Yeah, finally it's an acknowledgement. I, I wonder what happened to Evie and her friends. Was it Kevin? Was it? Ah. Did they get departed? I don't know. I mean, I don't think. I don't think they got departed. I okay. will be shocked if this episode has a another reoccurrence of the departure. The, 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 you mean the whole series? Yeah, if they just went round two, ding, 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 like this. <laughs> Wave two happens. Another two percent are gone. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I don't know what happened to them, but I I don't think they got departed. That's my guess. Okay. I think Kevin will become guilt-ridden that he did something to them. And I don't know if he did. I don't know if he had anything to do with them. I don't. I think what he did was separate of them. It seems like... My guess is just in his sleep, he got fed up with Patty and he tried to take the only answer he could. Which is basically, I guess, kill himself. So, Tyson yeah. blacked his leg and threw himself in the river. That's my guess. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he angered Dean. <gasps> maybe that's what happened. <laughs> oh my god maybe in like two episodes from now Dean's the one that did that to him <laughs> Dean, is, Dean is cold as ice that's that's my other prediction Dean 
the one that tied the cinder block to Kevin. Interesting. He followed them all the way to Miracle. Well, I know we see Dean, Amy, or the twins, and listen, they had their chance this episode in the diner. They didn't show. Thank God. Thank God it didn't show. <laughs> I was very scared they would. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh... So, so I'm excited for next episode though too, the Lori episode. I just I wonder how Tommy and Lori are doing, and who else is there? Whether Megan, I hope they're still Meg. But... Well, I'll say I I mean I I do love the next episode, um, but I I would I love this episode so much that there is no way they could de- deviate from the Kevin Murphy the Kevin Nora Murphys storylines and not have it feel like something of a letdown to me yeah so i mean i don't there's no this episode's gonna get higher than a nine or eight like it's gonna get eight maximum right they're just cutting the, the breaking the tempo uh first 10 the leftovers possibly the only 10 it was a great episode i'm so excited so i i mean i watched this episode i was just enamored every minute of it <laughs> loving it and I mean, it was all I could do not to text you after I finished it and say, oh my god, this episode's so good. <laughs> is, that, is that happening? You should really have to... I, I, can, I can hold it in. I'm a... I can... you, you didn't realize how much I liked this episode. You thought oh, I, you would give it an yeah. 8 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> not even a 9 out of 10, Mr. Cell? I'm no. disappointed you haven't learned my taste yet. I know. I know. Uh... Though I will be honest, though I do I, the way I do it, I just throw a dart at the dartboard. Whatever lands on is what I rated it. Oh man, the ten must be pretty small. It is the bullseye. Yeah, I'm not very good at darts. Oh okay. <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited to uh, to continue this. I'm excited that you loved this episode so much. I think there's a lot more in this season that is fantastic that I think you might love. If you gave this a ten, I think there's a good chance that there might be a couple other tens in this season really so you told me this this is arguably by by touted by others and is it touted by you as well oh yeah best season of television yep what an acclaim you do realize there's spongebob out there right have you seen seen spongebob oh my god stop (laughs) i'm just just making sure you're aware season one of spongebob classic classic mr sal this is widely considered to be, by many, the best season of television that's ever been made. Uh, well, who do you think seen? Uh, what's been seen more, SpongeBob season one or Leftover season two? Oh, SpongeBob. I mean, that must be must be better. Not, uh, this is the tragedy of the Leftovers that it didn't have a huge following. But so those, those who followed it are just adore it, and and it's it's really. This season is great. I will tell you though, I, I did not realize this. I was looking back at my IMDb ratings for uh, all of the leftovers, and there is somewhere in the the episodes that we have remaining, I did give one episode an eight. Oh wow! Yeah, that must be the episode where it's all event, no characterization. Can't <laughs> wait for it. I'll be my favorite. That'll be another ten. <laughs> I I cannot imagine that you're going to go above me on that episode. Really? Okay. We'll see. Okay. I'm um. There's now I won't even comment on that. I was going to say something in Lost, but that's for like seasons down the line. Okay. 
Well, let's call it there. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next week when we cover episode three, Off Ramp. Hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm Mr. Sal. That's Kurt. And we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.